Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, talking with U.S. Wheat Associates. They're the export market development group for the U.S. wheat industry, and it promotes the quality of wheat to buyers, food processors, and governments in more than 100 countries around the world. Michael Peters is the vice chairman of the U.S. Wheat Associates. He walks us through how the organization is promoting U.S. wheat during a time of market volatility and unrest across the globe. But first, he breaks down the quality and supply of U.S. wheat. So in the Wisconsin area, kind of the soft uh, red wheat. The production was good. The quality's good um, for our exports. They love the quality of that for the pizza doughs, things like that. So it's very good for them to have that quality. All of our markets, as you can see, it's kind of tough right now. The U.S. wheat crop, rather, of all six classes, it, it's priced higher, as you well know, than most other countries. So so it's a tough market, but, but we get through those things. Our quality is always excellent, and uh, supply is ample. I mean, we, I guess it's ample. We have plenty of supply. So it's really not a problem. Our wheat store is always open for our customers, and they know that they can depend on us. Is the world looking at U.S. as a top producer, especially with the war happening in Ukraine, port blockages on the Black Sea? Is U.S. a big player in that in the global marketplace because of that? U.S. wheat has always been in the marketplace. Um, that area, Russia, Ukraine, as you said, they actually are like 30% of the exporters around the world exporting their crop. But with the Ukraine-Russia conflict, it's kind of brought a highlight back to the U.S. If you watch the papers or news media the last six months or whatever, it seems like wheat is a topic, which hasn't been in the last few years. So it has brought it back to the forefront. As far as U.S. and the exports this year, we're actually running a little behind, and that's mainly due to the prices. We have a lot of our overseas customers. You take the uh, Latin American area, Thailand, um, Korea, uh, Japan, places like that are still very good customer customers for us, Mexico, um, and they've actually increased their imports of U.S. wheat, so that's a good thing. We're expensive. Can you re- remind us why that is? The quality. We grow exit quality wheat, um, and the world knows that, but anytime you go visit a customer overseas, that's the first thing. We love your wheat, but it's so high priced. Well, yes, it is, but that's where we try to do the education part to show them what that quality can do for them, so in the end, they can produce a quality product for their customers. You talk about price differences. There's a time this year that uh, Russia-Ukraine wheat was actually $100 a metric ton cheaper than U.S. wheat. So that, that makes it very tough for us to compete with that sometimes. But uh, And our shipping costs some, you know, is quite a bit higher maybe to get wheat shipped to some of those countries. So it makes it tough. Do you guys have a policy focus this time of year? Tell me what's going on in your realm. Let's start with policy. Right now, of course, in the U.S., the farm bill time, things like that, sustainability, things like that. We work on that with our brothers on the NOG side to get that through to the politicians in D.C. And then on the export side right now, it's the time of year that we, we have got our testing of all our wheat done as far as the quality aspects, as far as milling times, low volumes, all kinds of different metrics we use to sell our wheat overseas. So we're going overseas, promoting that, explaining to them what the quality was of this year's uh, crop. And they really appreciate getting that information firsthand. I want to talk about some of the domestic logistical issues that we've been experiencing. First with the Mississippi River water levels being low, backing up how much barges are actually can take down to the Gulf. Can you walk me through how that's impacted 
U.S. wheat because that's cutting right through uh, the grain belt. Yeah, shipping is a very important part for us. So the Mississippi River, if you mentioned, is the water volume is low there. There's places barges can't even get through. So with that, get that shipment of grain down to the Gulf to ship it out to exports is tough. So you may have to do that more by truck or rail. And rail to ship wheat is always higher priced than a lot of other commodities just for several reasons. But uh, So it's a difficult issue for the U.S. wheat farmer right now, not only to get our product out export markets, but the, like the Mississippi River there is used to bring a lot of products up to us, like your fertilizers and stuff. A lot of that gets shipped on the river. So that makes the product maybe short at times for the U.S. wheat farmer or uh, other commodity groups and uh, also creates a higher price for it due to having to ship it other ways. You can't just pump water back into the river. I mean, what does the solution look like? Do you have to wait for it to, the snow to melt again from this winter? What is that going to get solved and how? Well, if you look at the drought monitor across the U.S., it covers a, a wide area. So it's, it's going to take some prolonged rainfalls to get that increase. It's going to take some snowfall that can, you know, soak into the ground good and recharge those those water levels. But uh, but we'll get there. It'll 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 improve. Got to be positive. What other challenges are you looking for? maybe it's policy or something else to address to make it easier to get wheat where it needs to go. Well, as far as the policy side, from the U.S. wheat standpoint, we're looking to try to get the uh, MAP and FMD funding increased. And what that does for us is help us go overseas to talk to our customers, either to help or to teach them how to procure the grain and get it shipped to them and the best ways to do that, and also helps us uh, teach them or educate them on the quality of our grain. So policies like that are very important to us. Um, and for us, it's also some of those shipping rates. I mean, you know, shippers, the increased price of their fuel and stuff is, is plays a large role in getting that wheat shipped to them. The U.S. dollar strong. That plays a strong role in our markets as far as how much our wheat costs compared to other countries. So there are several issues like that that's always at the forefront for the U.S. wheat to, to work through. Can you give us an update on what's happening in the Black Sea? Well, there's uh, constant negotiations to try to uh, work on getting the shipments out of there um, from the Ukraine area. I, I think an interesting point that isn't being talked about a lot is Russia themselves have actually exported more grain this year than they did last year. They had a very large crop. So there are still exports going, which it's a two-sided deal. We want to be able to feed the world. That, that's first and foremost. And some of those struggling countries, your African countries, developing countries, they need that wheat to feed their country. So it's very important for us to be able to provide that wheat for them, whatever source it comes from, to feed starving people. Of course, being a U.S. wheat farmer, I'd love to see it come from the U.S., and it does, it does. So, um, but that's something we really strive to do is to be able to feed the world. Is that the primary driver and potential, you know, more volatility in 2023? I think volatility is going to be around for a while. As long as we have the Russia-Ukraine situation, the, the drought area in the U.S., I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a, a big player in the markets. Drought, overseas policy, things like that play a big role in the U.S. wheat price. And, and it seems like we're in a new day and age of volatility. I mean, it was years ago, if it changed 20 cents in a year, you were lucky. And now it's uh, it'll change 50 cents or more in a day. So, which, which which creates a challenge to market your product, but there are also opportunities out there. You know, maybe to price some wheat for upcoming years. You know, at a good price. So, so all those challenges and also opportunities. Headline risk in the markets because it seems like just a simple headline can send stuff soaring. Oh yeah. Uh, 
Putin from Russia there, he made a comment about that he was going to get out of the trade deal with Ukraine and other countries, and the market skyrockets 50 cents. That was like a Friday. Well, over the weekend, he changed his mind and decided, oh, no, we'll stay in the deal, and, then, and it's down 60 cents on a Monday. You know, it's just those quick headlines, and, and with social media and digital stuff nowadays, those headlines are out there constantly to change the markets. Anything else you want to say about today's wheat market before I let you go? Across the United States, uh, wheat acreage is, seems to be declining. But with these prices, um, we, we think there'll be more people looking at wheat again to produce wheat. So uh, so while rotation's great, even for wheat, because if you can clean that ground up, produce a better quality wheat, that's great. But it's just an interesting time for wheat. That's according to Michael Peters, the vice chairman of the U.S. Wheat Associates. That's the export market development group for the U.S. wheat industry. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.